Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Man, I'm so pumped because I am hydrated by our good friends at Sodi. Sodi are an Australian brand who are keeping all the best athletes hydrated. Or maybe you're just a thirsty human and you are trying to be a bit less thirsty. This is my favorite flavor. This is salty grapefruit. Seriously underrated. Very fresh. Now, essentially, we are human walking oceans. We need to have sodium, potassium, and magnesium in our blood. And that's what these guys have done. So Jason Kale at Sodi have put together this beautiful product. And you, my friends, can get a discount when you order with the discount code BULLETPROOF15 for 15% off. And you can stay very hydrated. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Can you do pull-ups? Strength basics. Now, for a lot of you out there, you may have never done a pull-up. Some of you might be able to do a lot. It is absolutely fundamental for your upper body strength, for grappling. You need to be able to do pull-ups. And we're going to dissect how you can go from none to plenty. Some. Some. <laughs> and, and, and the best way to do that. You know what's funny about the pull-up? I was chatting with um, Dilch. One of yes. the guys trains yeah, me in the mornings and um, strong, strong human. Yep. We're doing weighted pull-ups at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. We were just lamenting how weighted pull-ups are hard, but unweighted pull-ups are also hard. Like I can <laughs> sure. do a pull-up with 15 kilos for yeah. reps, but then I take the weight off and even just five reps at body weight, I'm like, these are just always hard. Yeah, gravity, gravity will get you. And I definitely say that if you are a higher calorie human as I am um, – <laughs> It makes it way harder. If you're a skinny human- That bastard he meant to say. I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. Some of you consume more calories than others. I'm with you. And it's just how it is. It's harder. You've got to fight gravity. But It's true. Larger body mass humans are at a disadvantage when it comes to body weight strength. Right. Smaller humans, more efficient. Yeah, it is. And, and if you look at people who have amazing upper body strength, whether they be your bar stars type crew- they always wear long pants. Oh, yeah. It's very rare you find somebody who's got immense upper body strength and then can go squat 200 kilos. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that's a tough – it's a yeah. tough juggle. Calisthenics crew traditionally are just pin legs. They don't have the legs. I, I, yeah, I told you. I mean, when I used to hang out with the guys at Bondi Beach okay. doing the calisthenics, this yeah. is for, for people who are not in, in this part of the world, it's like Bondi is an iconic beach here in Sydney. It's like the long beach of – you know, like Gold's Gym, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got that touristy, vibe. a lot of tourists go there. But, yeah, so... And so the calisthenics area is huge and it has quite a rich calisthenics culture there. And I used to do... The guys there used to do rope climbing and they'd yeah. hang the rope off the cliff at the north head of the beach and climb up. And I only did it a few times. Now there's some fucking savages there. Yes. I'm talking world record holding rope climbers. Yep. And often what, what I saw them do the day that I went to climb, I only went to climb there, I think, once or twice... They'd do these like, they'd go up, boom, to the top, no legs, right? Back down to the bottom, not touch the ground, go up again. And it was like, how many reps can you do, oh right? God. Which is gnarly. And then they would superset that with bodyweight squats. Oh. And they'd do like bodyweight squats, like 15 of them. <laughs> and like, knee, like hips not even getting, like not even horizontal 
thigh. Ridiculous. Like, sh- and like being like, ooh, the legs are burning. And I'm like, whoa, 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 something's really disproportionate here. Like, <laughs> it's elite on the rope and then we're doing like no squats. Yeah. yeah. And look, for those of you out there, look, rope climbing is the next level up on pull-ups. So let's, let's rewind a little bit. So um, for those of you out there, what you may have seen a lot of is people, like even like a guy like Dave Goggins, who's at one stage had a world record, he's just pulling up until his chin is above the bar. Now that's that's cool. Often how it's defined, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, just chin above bar because that's the easiest way to measure, right? But um, what we like to do is we like to get people to a point where they can do a chest to bar because that indicates a certain amount of health in the shoulder as well. Like you've got a certain array, amount of range of motion and it's – that last little bit to go from like here to there is like a world of difference. Yeah. So if you're, you're hearing this and you're like, I can't even do one pull up. So that's, that's fine. Let's talk about how we can get you from not doing any to getting your first couple. Because I think that that once you kind of, cause that's what that's been Ray's journey, right? She went from like no pull ups to she can do five. Five chin-ups. Chin-ups, sorry. So let's be clear on that. Chin-up is the supinated grip. Yep. Pull-up is a pronated grip. So your palms are facing away from you, not towards you. Yeah. Which is is harder. Chin-up is easier because you can access more of the bicep, a bit easier through the lat. Pull-up, it's much more upper body, back, upper back strength, much tougher. Yeah, maybe um, before we dive in there, could we just give a bit of context about like the, the role of pulling strength? Yeah. Like so for, you know... For folks who are less initiated with the whole strength thing, the ability to pull load is kind of a, a, like a basic human function. It's something that your body's very well designed for. If you look at how much muscle is on the back of the body, this kind of indicate. Like, think about think about when you see those fucking Dagestani wrestling highlight clips that I know you've been watching. Um, you see those, and you look at their backs, and you're like, "Oh my wow. god, they got lats like wings, like these huge." Yeah. And it's because wrestling and grappling generally is very pull heavy, right? It's very squeeze dominant. Now, if we think about like that's the pull and then there's push. So there's kind of these two basic actions if we really simpler, simplify things. The, so one, your body needs to do pulling work. Two, your sport demands that you have a strong pull and a strong squeeze. So then we think, all right, well, I need to do pulling work. So if we're looking at pull-ups and chin-ups and like related exercises, these are really fundamental to your strength development. Yes. Aren't they? Now, people struggle with them, obvious reasons, right? It, it's hard. But if we're looking at like payoff, like or bang for buck, as you like to put it, JT, you got to say that like chasing a pull-up or chasing more or weighted pull-up, whatever, pays off so much in terms of like athletic development and like jujitsu strength, but also like posture and like muscular growth and all those things yeah definitely and and i think what people are probably underestimating is you know it's been said before no grip no fight the first thing that goes is your grip so like whether you're getting fatigued in jiu-jitsu or like pull-ups generally for most people it's it's they can't hold on to the bar and so if you want to develop killer grip the simple thing is to spend more time hanging your body weight off those grips and we do have hanging as part of our program and and that's like an essential part of the way you need to train your body. But what people are not appreciating is, say, versus, you know, plenty of people start by doing like dumbbell rows or cable rows, things like this. And that's, that's a good place to start. The amount of stress that goes through your tendons and ligaments 
when you're hanging your body weight off your hands from the bar is very high. And that means you're going to get really high level development in strength in your connective tissue, time under tension, which is what you need so your arms do not break when someone is forcibly trying to extend them, etc. So I think what is probably not factored into is when someone says, oh, I can't do those, they're too hard, I'm not going to do it. You are missing out on a lot of injury prevention, not just getting real jacked and being real strong on the mat. Absolutely. How would you, Joe, get someone, someone comes to you, a grappler says, man, I can't do pull-ups, shit. What do you do? Where do you get them started? <clears throat> so, yeah, so you made that point earlier about like Goggins getting chin over bar. Yes. Versus our standard of like trying to get the, ch- the bar, to bar to your chest. Yes. Right. So what we're looking at there for, for you listening is like two very different ranges of motion. Chin just over the bar is like quite a shallow pull. Whereas pulling that bar all the way down to your chest implies that your, your shoulder blades are retracting mm. and your elbows are flexing to a point where there's actually, it's, it's almost double the movement. Yeah. Right. So for someone who's coming in, like you asked, I want to find a variation that allows them to execute full range of motion yep. for, you know, some repetitions, five to ten, let's say. Now, if that person can't yet do a pull-up or a chin-up, then we obviously can't use that. We're going to use a ring row or something like that. Maybe it's a combination of ring rows because they're, they're a nice body weight variation. They're kind of you know, yeah. building that thing and maybe some um, like dumb, uh, kettlebell rows, dumbbell rows, yeah, anything. Definitely. But really prioritizing full range of motion, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think the great thing about rings is it's pretty easy to make it easier and make it harder because you can bring the rings up a bit higher so gravity is not, affecting, not affecting you as much or you can bring the rings lower and elevate the feet like this. It's very simple for you to not add weight but just change the kind of leverage or mechanical advantage to make it really bloody hard. Yeah. And we were actually saying the other day how hard a horizontal ring row is. So that's where you're, you know. It's as hard as a chin-up. Pretty much. Pretty, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's because here's the thing. If it's pretty demanding to be able to have to pull from overhead all the way down. But if, if, you're, if that's not even on, on, in the discussion, you have to develop your horizontal pulling at least, getting the scaps working. And so, Joe, we have a, a video. Or when I say we, I mean you shot this video, which is the, the key to improving the pull-up. Up. and you were talking about uh scaps yeah can you can you give people a little bit of insight into like how how that works or how they can change what they're doing when they're pulling there yeah so most people tend to not think about what their shoulder blades are doing when they're performing any kind of upper body strength drill right yeah. and this is you probably hear us kind of allude to this in other things we say but the standard generally of bodyweight strength training is pretty low in fitness. So you look at people doing push-ups in a warm-up at jiu-jitsu or people doing chin-ups at the park. From our point of view, they're usually shit. And what makes them shit is that there is little awareness paid towards the actual positioning of the body. Now, when we're doing pull-ups, our shoulder blades or scapula, which you would know because anytime you try and hit an omoplata or fucking figure four, that's what you're attacking. Um, but the shoulder blades are integral to that movement, right? So... If I'm pulling, there's my elbows moving. I'm going to be bending at my elbow, but I'm also going to be pulling my shoulder blades down and together. Retraction, right? So for the standard human who doesn't think about that and they're just like, I'm doing chin-ups and they jump up to the bar and they pull and get their chin over the bar. For those people, all they're thinking about is bending the elbow 
yes. with no attention paid to the shoulder blades. Mm. Now, what happens there is that, yeah, you're going to get strong. Like it's going to, you know, you're going to get strong arms and it's going to hit the bicep and you're going to even build some back. But you're neglecting to actually build the largest machine in that movement, which is the shoulder blades and all of the muscles around it. Yeah. So again, when we look at someone with impressive back development, you're like, fuck, they have strong musculature all around and inside the shoulder blade. Now, obviously in a sport like ours where people are trying to break your shoulder blade, it makes sense. Oh, wow. Like if that can be strong, I'm going to be like more injury proof. Yeah. You're armoring that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the, the key concept there is that you have to be able to go from your hanging position to then pulling your shoulder blades down and back before you pull with the arms. Yeah. Right, and once you get a smooth pull up, it all happens together. Yes, but we really try and uh, overemphasize that for beginners, because we're trying to teach people how to use the shoulder blade, how to engage that first, and then pull with the arms. And when you do that, and you build that level of strength, all of a sudden you're like, "Fuck, I can get my chest to the bar now." Yeah, right, because I'm pulling with everything rather than just pulling my elbows down and hoping for the best. Yeah, and that specific piece of coordination is quite an unlock for a lot of people i've i've seen that and and the other thing i'd say is when you get too kind of elbow wrist dominant with your pulls you get sore elbows yeah you know whether you're doing rings or you're doing bar work like you see pe- people always want to do a muscle up right and i've i've been that guy <laughs> i saw muscle ups and i was like shit that's cool as fuck that's what's up and just not really knowing how to do it just like you tricep extension <laughs> oh, oh i got up one at a time yeah. well, i actually never did that <laughs> but did but, a few of those but definitely caused a lot of stress to my elbows because i wasn't using my back properly yeah so there is some things to avoid when you're trying to get better at chin-ups or pull-ups and what i would say is when people first start the easiest way for people to start is more of a chin-up is the, is the supinated grip. And if you're, yeah, in a g- if you're in a gym, sometimes you'll have an option where the grip is neutral. And so that's, that's, easy. pretty sweet. that's easier too, right? Like it's, you can use a bit more of the forearm and it's a more natural position for your lats. We have slightly varying approaches, even though we agree, I think, in principle on... Drum roll, the conflict's coming. Here we fucking go. Let's fucking... <laughs> Are you ready for it, people? Um, so... What you may see is uh, many people, like some people use an assisted chin-up machine. Yep. I'm not a huge fan of that because I think it doesn't teach you to brace through your core because we also, uh, we talk about kind of being able to be tight through the middle and no swinging because what you may see is people doing kipping and people swinging around a lot trying to generate momentum to take the stress off the upper body. That's not what we want. And I feel when people use an assisted chin-up machine – you actually totally disengage because you've got this platform helping you. You know, you're probably better off doing a lap pull down. Yeah, yeah. I think they just kind of ruin your ability to feel what has to happen, don't yeah. they? Yeah. You've got something pushing on your legs and it, it kind of just – it turns it into a whole new thing. Unless you're experienced and you know how to do it. Sure. Then, yeah. But when you first get Shit started, beginners. I'm going to say don't start with like an assisted chin-up machine. Agreed. And – Look, if you're nowhere near at doing any pull-ups, I actually think there's value to a doing a lat pull-down and training the position correctly to just build up some upper body strength. If you, you know, you're, you're a high-calorie human like me and you've never done a single pull-up, you do want to develop some 
full range pulling, I think that that isn't a bad place to start. But this is where the road divides. I actually think using bands as a form of assistance for pull-ups is helpful. Joe does not agree. Talk to me, Joe. Why, no, 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 are, you, tell, why tell, are you against that? No, no, tell me about them. Tell me why you like them. Okay, so you, you probably would have said the only reason I... Let's still man that. It can be, it can be really risky. <laughs> it can be really risky because you could definitely do a fucking backflip. <laughs> you get your foot caught, it springs up. <laughs> so from an OH&S perspective, risky. But what I like about... Just to describe, we're talking about you fix a band to the bar that you're holding on to. You pull it down, you put one your foot, foot inside. You can go foot, some people go knee. Right, yeah. But and then the good thing with cross the foot over. is you cross it over to like lock it in so it's not going to snap up and break your nose. And then assume the position and complete your pulls. Yep. Now, the way that I've seen it used more recently is as a accessory movement for people who've totally fatigued themselves through normal pull-ups and then they're using it like a drop set. Right. So they can get more volume in. But what I'm talking about is someone who's never done pull-ups – to try and really practice the position correctly. And then what you can do is over time, as you build up your volume at a heavier band, so you might start with quite a thick band, which might have 25 kilos type strength. You can then reduce it over time. So then you're gradually building your strength and you're practicing proper technique. That's what, that's where I see it having a role because the helpful thing is there. You can, progress it or or regress the assistance scale it back so you yeah the, it's scalable yeah that's what i like about the bands what do you not like about the bands Joe? Mm. and look it's an approach right i definitely wouldn't disagree with any of that i'm a little bit more of a purist in this realm so i accept that i hold that that position <laughs> but um what i don't like about the bands is two two things the first is that it does a similar thing to what the assisted machine does in that it changes the body mechanics because you've got something pushing on your feet Sure. And for someone who doesn't understand, like for someone who's new, that can just kind of fuck with the sensations or the coordination development for them. Sure. But the bigger one is that the band actually inverts the strength curve that you go through in a pull-up. And so what I mean by that, I'm sure everyone can vibe with this, when you do a pull-up, like there's parts of it that are a bit easier, parts that are a bit harder. Mm-hmm. It varies, right? Because things are changing and different, like different muscles are working through different stages. When you put the band on, the band is at maximum stretch at the bottom. So it makes the bottom portion easier. Easiest. And then it gives you basically no assistance at the top. Yeah. And that is just different to the, to the strength curve when you're doing it at body weight. Sure. So that's really my main things. Now, you know, I mean, we have right through Bulletproof, we've taught plenty of people to do pull-ups without bands. Yeah, of course. Right? So we have a system that doesn't use them. So that's really my thing. But I guess, I'm, I, like I said, I also am like, it's fucking a million ways to skin a cat. Yeah. And look, I, I'm going to say that there are, and we're going to get into this now, there are many other ways for you to- Are we getting into it? Are we getting into it? I actually was hoping that Joe would more fervently disagree, but yeah. that's fine. I mean, you're a fuckwit, clearly. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I want to hear. And I don't respect you as yeah. a coach. <laughs> and yeah. you're also a yeah. fuckwit. Yeah. But I kind of respect you as a coach. But here's the thing, my friends- a lot of people just see, oh, I just need help pulling myself up and that will make my pull-up better. And no, that's actually not true. There's, that's not enough. That's only a small piece of the puzzle. So I think if, if you don't have a coach or you don't have someone to assist you, because sometimes having a spotter, just a little bit of... Spot yeah. is optimal. Oh, mate, it's special because they let you struggle. You get to the point of like, oh, I'm going to fail and they give you the 
little 2% and they and if they know where to place their hands, just under they them. don't change the mechanics, right? No. The perfect spot is like just what you need at the vector that like it's like this fine-tuned kind of thing. Say with Raylene, like she's benefited from for the most part practicing around us, yes, the crew, so we can spot. But yeah, if you're training alone, you don't have that. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say, there's two other things which are very helpful that I, I feel there's, there's a couple, but the two major things I think are helpful that I have taken from other coaches is time under tension hanging at different points. So like chest to bar holds, 90 degree flexed hold, and then like an active hang. Yep. They're all hard in their own way and we can talk a little bit about them. And then also eccentrics, which are fucking brutal. Yeah. And that's why people don't do them like – I think eccentrics are possibly one of the most underrated part of improving your pull-up, which is where you haven't got the strength to pull yourself up, but what you do is you step up, you kind of jump up, you pull yourself into position, and then you lower yourself with control under a certain amount of time. Now, it's better if you actually have a timer because when you're, when you're dying... Five. You're, <laughs> <laughs> one Mississippi five. Yeah. Like it's gone, you know, you're gone. Eccentrics, are, I think they are the missing link. Isometrics and isometrics. Isometrics. Are the missing link between the standard coach, PT, that wants to get someone to do a pull-up and then being able to just do a pull-up. Yeah. And so if you don't understand how they work, then it's like, banned. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, because that, that's the most obvious easiest way to unpack it and that's actually probably like i think where i have a bit of a thing against the band and this comes from having coached in my gym for so long sure classes is that the band is like hey guys we're doing pull-ups tonight oh you five women can't do pull-ups bands sure and it's like a thing that gets done in group fitness because it's quick and it makes everyone feel like they can do it and we used to do i used to do it back in the day and i realized but i I say women because it's it is usually women that that fight the the toughest, longest battle. Still plenty of weak men out there who can't do pull-ups. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I just say that because there's men generally are gifted with more upper body strength, right? Well, we we have the advantage of testosterone. Yeah. So that is a huge advantage in building muscle and building strength. But continue. But I was like, fuck, it's been 12 months and and these people still can't do a chin-up. Right. I'm like, they're doing the banded ones a couple times a week. And then as soon as I learned this bodyweight approach, eccentrics, isometrics, et cetera, it's like, okay, Six months, everyone's progressing now. Right. Um, so I think like, yeah, it's, it's kind of my view is sort of thinking about it in that realm where it gets overused. Yep. Or here's, here's what I'd say. So in various parts of the uh, Bulletproof BJJ program, we have at the end for grip and core or depending on where it is in the program, chest to bar holds. So that's where you literally you pop up. So even if you can't do a pull up, you get up on a step, you jump up and you pull up until your chest is touching the bar. Now, we start... You hold that position. You hold that position and you're actively pulling the bar into your chest and you're just, you're not moving. You're just holding that position. Now, we start with like three sets of 10 and we we gradually build it out to be like extended sets. Like the goal is to be able to do five sets of 30 seconds. That's fucking hard. I'll be honest. Like, I don't know if I could do five sets of 30 right now. Maybe two or three, to be honest because I have not been practicing it. And it's a very intense feeling. So if you're looking at squeeze on guillotine or squeeze on a rear naked choke, that's actually really perfect. Yeah. Real tight flexion. But this does an amazing thing to develop your forearms, your biceps, your upper back in that chest to bar position. But what is even bloody harder, in my opinion, is the 90 degree flexed hang. 
which is also part of the program, but that's really hard to control. I find that very hard in the core because it's that midpoint in the pull-up. And are super working super they hard. They gotta kick in, you know, and 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 I actually find because you haven't got the sensory feedback of the bar. Like, am I? Am I? Am I? Uh, 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 it's kind of hard to stay there. And then once you've kind of, kind of fatigued yourself from these variable levels of hold, just doing hanging at the end of your workout is a fantastic way to work your grip, work your shoulder, and and also work your core. Absolute. We should, um, for a bit of context and to give a shout out to Queen Ray Ray. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so this is a girl that's been training with us. And if you're in our community group, you see the, her there. She's kind of like boss lady of the community group, answers a lot of always helpful queries and whatnot. Always helpful. Yeah, she really is. But she recently, last week, she hit five chin ups. Mm. Now, the thing is, and we posted about it on the group and on Instagram and stuff, the thing is that like she's worked at that for like over two years, probably yeah. closer to three years. We started on that during COVID. Wow. And that's the reality to go from no chin-ups or no pull-ups to five. It takes a long time and it takes like you got to be working on it every week. Yep. And, you know, she pretty much like there's probably like a handful of weeks that she took off because she was traveling or sick or working something. or whatever it is. But yeah. yeah, she's been hyper consistent with it and often working on it twice a week. Yes. Now, you know, we spoke about some of the benefits before, but I'm going to say that on a kind of spiritual level for folks, there's something extremely liberating about going from a place of not being able to pull your own body weight up to being able to do it. Yeah. It's this fundamental unlock of like athletic capacity. capacity. Like, oh my God, I could not. And now I can. And you think about it like in a practical sense, like practical sense is you're running away from a fucking, uh, I don't know, a, a, a giant bear or an attacker <laughs> and you jump up to a branch and you have to try and get up. And this is actually like part of your answer, like to get up there versus, holy shit, I just got to hang here until I fatigue and then fall down and die. Like, you know, you can now actually move up the tree or climb the wall to get into the festival, whatever you're trying to do, (laughs) you know? Running away from security (laughs) from the festival. (laughs) Which a note on that, pull-ups are what's going to save you, right? Because if you're trying to climb a fence, you can't chin up. Yeah. You can't go under, you can only go overhead. Our new festival season program coming out this summer. (laughs) Get your pingers, get your mates, get your shirts off, let's go. Get your pull-ups, let's go. (laughs) I wanted to talk about eccentrics really quick because this was really brought to my attention by Joe DeFranco because he was like, if you're a good strength coach, and I think he might've got this from Charles Poliquin, he's like, you should be able to get somebody to be able to do a chin-up in a month. And I was like, What? No pull-ups to pull up in a month. Now, I didn't really agree with that. And he was talking about having people doing variations of pulling strengths every other day for a month or six weeks. But the big thing he emphasized was time under tension through the lowering phase. That's what we mean when we say eccentric. So basically, you have more strength. It's a safety mechanism eccentrically. So even if I were to like throw Joe some huge weight, really heavy, that he couldn't hold he'd be able to lower it safely without his biceps completely snapping or his back breaking per se. So you can tap into that. Even though you may not have the strength to pull yourself up, you will have the strength to lower yourself. And basically what he was talking about is doing um, progressive sets of gradually more and more seconds, slower eccentric. So you're building up your time under tension. And once you could do a certain amount of sets of 10 second eccentrics, his claim was you would be able to do a single pull-up. Yeah, right. But while also doing other concentric pulling motions. Yeah, general like pulling back strength stuff. Here's the thing about eccentrics. They fucking hurt. Like you're going to get sore and 
it's intense. And that's the thing that is <laughs> somehow unsatisfying to train. Oh yeah. I'm training the, just the shit part. I'm training failing in a way, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, and it doesn't, you don't feel very achieved by it, but it is a fantastic way to strengthen your tendons, your ligaments and actually get your upper body stronger overall. You know what? I think, um, I th- a real nice step between eccentrics and full chin up is mm-hmm. loaded eccentrics. Oh yeah, these are a motherfucker. But like these are used a lot. I used a lot of those say when I was training for one arm chin up. Oh yeah, which I never got to. But in terms of conditioning the tendons, because mm. is another thing we know that that a great way to condition connective tissue is through eccentric loading. Yep. So yeah, and I have found that some people we go from eccentrics, but then crossing the the chasm to actually get the chin up, it's like fuck, something's Still missing. So we go, hey, let's hang five kilos off you. We'll go back to the eccentrics for six weeks. Oh wow. And it's like sucks, but. You get there. Yeah. So what I'd say in just kind of wrapping it all up, for you out there, if you've never done a a pull-up or a chin-up, that's cool. There is ways for you to make inroads. Definitely starting with some horizontal pulling, whether it be ring rows or seated rows is really good. And basically for you, it is very easy to be able to progress without any crazy machines or anything like that. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's simple. If you like, if you legit want to get on our process for that, sign up to the program and do standards because our whole process, say that we use with Raylene, is there in standards. And if you follow that shit, you'll get a chin up too. Thank you, fam. Yeah.